welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Thanks. Um, let's just pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this, this beautiful day, this fresh anointing that you've got, Lord God, and that you're here in this atmosphere. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have a word to give today, Lord. And I just pray that every heart is open and receives something and is changed at the end of this day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, guys. I, I don't know. Do you, do you just stay there? You just, I don't know. You can sit down. That's fine. <laughs> fun, right? This is fun. You all feel a little bit ruffled? That's what I wanted you. This, I wanted you all to feel a little bit ruffled up about all of this, like come outside and just go, whoa, this is, this is different. This is a change. This is, oh, you, you have to actually decide to be okay with it. You, you rock in and you're like, ooh. I can't sit in my own. Everybody sits in their own seats. Like everyone at least has their own row. Like you head for that generic kind of, okay, that's, that's my row. Some people, Scott Redmond, I feel like you have the same seat every week. It's like that's, don't sit there. That, or Frosty. Frosty's got his seat. It's, and I could probably go around and, and name every seat in there. So this... This is quite a shift up, isn't it? Because you don't have your own seats today, probably sitting next to people that you don't normally mix with. I like that. This is our church. This is our community. You should be talking with people that you'd, you should just be talking with everyone. This is our family. So change. Change is funny. It ruffles us up. We've got to choose to be okay with it, don't we? Change is a strange like dichotomy. It's like it's good, but sometimes it's not so good. And sometimes we're cool with it. Sometimes we're not cool with it. We're often caught sprouting, yeah, well, they need to change that. Or, yeah, we, we should change this up. Or work should do this. Or, yeah, this wall needs a change of colour or wh- whatever it is. We're always sprouting about change. And sometimes it's... Change is known as being as good as a holiday. It's fresh. It's new. Um, but when it's thrust upon you, like you walk into church and worship is outside and there's no seats to sit on and it's kind of like, where do I stand? Where is the front? There is no front. I don't know. Am I, am I, I don't know. When it's thrust upon you like that, sometimes it's, it's awkward. Like we're, we're a squirming sort of mess of uncomfortable, like this uncomfortable kind of feeling. Okay. And it's like we like change when it's on our own terms. That's when we accept change. We're like, well, I, I choose to change that. And I'll accept that amount of change and that's it. Thank you very much. But when you say to me, oh, Erin, you should change that. Well, suddenly I'm like confronted with this. <gasps> no, I don't want to change that. What is wrong with it anyway? I think it's working just fine. And so there's, it's strange, this, this fit of change. Winston Churchill He said, to improve is to change, and to be perfect is to change often. 
So that's an, that's an interesting quote, isn't it, from a very great man who saw significant change in his world. I was, uh, me and my family were in the country visiting my grandparents and we were just sitting around chatting. My, my grandfather, he tells stories, man, he's a storyteller. And he was sharing, him and my grandmother were sharing about what it was like when they were growing up. I like my kids to hear that because it's, it's so, I mean, I like to hear it. It's so far away from what I'm used to. And it comes back to they grew up in a time where they didn't have electricity. That, that in itself just blows my mind. So they didn't have any electricity. They lived out on property. They had horses to travel to and from town, okay? Um, my grandmother said that her brother used to make his own shoes out of rabbit skins. I'm like, what? Are you joking? And, and she's, she's not one of those people that exaggerates the truth. She just said it very nonchalantly. Oh, yeah, John, he, he just made his shoes out of um, rabbit skins when he needed it. I'm like, what does that even look like on your feet? I don't, just a rabbit? I don't know. <laughs> and then we, we went, like, my kids were, like, fascinated. What do you do at night? Like, what about when it gets dark? And my grandfather's like, oh, well, you know, we had lamps and we'd pull them down from the ceiling and light them all up. And, and you know, my father would sit in front of the, the fire and we'd read a book as a family. And I'm like, oh, I love that. So everyone just sitting around reading like Robinson Crusoe or, or something amazing like that. And, and my kids were just eating it up. And then it came down to some, some interesting like daily life things. How do you heat water up if you don't have electricity or all these new um, technological advancements? They had this crazy, if, if you wanted a hot bath or a shower, you had to light a fire, light it all up if it's, summer you still have to light a fire stinking hot 40 degrees you're lighting a fire and this it heats this big thing and this big thing then feeds it into there and you probably just get scalding stinking hot water but that's how they did it that that's how you would have it it wasn't like instant hot water it was like well this is like an hour long ordeal to get the kids through not to mention and this one was probably mind-blowing for me, a refrigerator. They didn't have refrigerators. I'm like, Nan, what did you do? She's like, oh, well, we, we had what was called a cold chest. And they would, we'd just keep our meat and our, our food, like cheeses and stuff like that. We'd keep it in there. And, and the ice man, he would come around and deliver ice once, once a week. And I'm like, but what about in summer? Oh, well, we just wrapped it up in some, and just hoped that it was okay. I'm like, sometimes I get the ham out of the fridge and have a good smell and go, "Mm, but imagine, imagine, oh, I just, and so many stories and I, I just go, oh, whoa, the change that they saw was so significant from electricity, no electricity to they've got instant hot water now, they've got, um, they've got, what are those things you put on your roof? They have solar panels. <laughs> they have light bulbs. <laughs> they have solar panels. They've got all of this. They just rolled with the change, didn't they? How ridiculous would it have been if they didn't? I mean, what they had was it worked. You know, hot water, the, the 
ice chest or whatever it was, it worked. What if they said, oh, you know, it does the trick, it does the ticket. We're not going to change. We're not going to pick up this new and better thing, this better way of doing things. We're not going to do it. That would be unheard of. That would be ridiculous. Let me read a, um, a verse from you. Well, a verse for you, not from you. It's from God. So in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, and this is the New King James Version because I like the way it sounds. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. A weight of glory. So we're being changed through light affliction, through the daily whatever's in our lives. We're changed day by day, inwardly, to hold a weight of glory. I I chose it for that phrase, a weight of glory. I just felt the anointing in that and I love those words. So there's two types of change. There's like an inconsequential or sometimes even damaging change and then there's a change that prepares us to carry the very glory of God and I believe that's That's what this is talking about. And some people would focus on eternal weight of glory. That's that's for when eternity comes. That's, That's for after this life. But I think it's for now. And I think the weight of glory lasts eternity. Not not we wait for it, oh, you know, when when we're in heaven, we'll get the glory then. Well, yeah, you will. But I think it's for now. I think we are designed when we are changed by God to hold a certain weight of his glory, to carry it into this world so they can see who he is. And if we're not changed, we can't carry it. Do we know which is which? Which which change is like this inconsequential but sometimes damaging change and which, which change is that change that is designed to carry that weight. <clears throat> so consider this guy here. This is a tree. It's an apricot tree. I've never grown an apricot tree. My grandparents are really good at this kind of growing stuff. I'm not so... <laughs> Simon's like, you're buying a tree, babe? That's a bit risky, isn't it? <laughs> well, we'll see how we go. This little guy is an apricot tree and he's a deciduous tree, which means that he changes in the seasons. So at the moment, he's not looking real pretty because it's winter. He's a bit clever. He's lost his leaves because it's cold and it takes too much energy to keep his leaves and stuff, you know, going during the winter. So he sort of bunkers down, reserves his energy. If you look closely and you can't see this, but I can see these tiny little buds on the end of it. In those springs just around the corner, can feel the warmth in the air. So can I. I love today. And it invariably will sprout and it'll get beautiful, like fresh leaves, green growth, new growth. It'll have flowers come on it in spring. And then in summer, it'll get fruit on it and it'll be lush and big and green. And then in autumn, when it, 
you get that crisp kind of cold starts to set in in autumn, it'll, the leaves will start to turn. They'll start to turn yellow and just fall off, okay? So it'll come back to this. And it's this cyclic thing. That's the deciduous tree deal. Now, if this little guy, if he didn't, if he decided, I'm not going to change, I like my leaves, I'm going to stay exactly like this. If in the cold, it's decided to leave its leaves on, it'd be like, "Mm, leaves, you stay there, don't you turn yellow. It would actually exert too much energy and it wouldn't be able to bear fruit in the spring. In fact, it would probably stunt its growth because it's this cyclic thing. It needs to change with the seasons so it can actually grow and have the energy to produce fruit and flowers and leaves. And it's just this cycle of, of how deciduous trees grow. And if they didn't, it would be stunted. It would probably be open to um, disease because it would be using too much of its energy. And so this little tree, it has, it has to change. And we're the same. And see, um, the seasons in our lives, consider our verse again, don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, for our seasons in our life, for the things that come against us, whether they're good or bad, the light affliction for which there is but a moment is working for us. It's like working. It's like a a cyclic seasonal thing. We're meant to go through this, this seasonal change, working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Every circumstance that you go through, good or bad, is an instrument of change. Whatever you do in that circumstance, it will change you, but you have to decide, is it going to bear the weight of glory or not? Is the way that you change, is that going to give you a better structural, spiritual structure to bear the weight of God's glory or is it not? And see, what does the weight of glory even look like? It looks like this, becoming more like Jesus. That's the simplicity of it. What does it look like? It looks like Jesus on us, through us, in us. That's what bearing the weight of glory is. That's what, that's what being renewed in our spirit is, is when God renews us, he's making us more like Jesus in every season, in every circumstance. You find yourself in a circumstance, you're like, oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. Well, you push into God and out of that circumstance, a glory change will happen, a change that will push you into being more like Jesus and less like you. But when you're more like Jesus, you're the best version of you anyway. So you can either become more like Jesus or not. That's either way you change. And see, this kind of change is eternal. It's your mind, it's your spirit, it's your heart. And it's uncomfortable. (laughs) How many of you felt a little bit uncomfortable when you came here today? Got to worship in the you had to lead worship <laughs> in the courtyard. It's, it's not all nice and dark and intimate and, you know, people might see you raising your hand or whatever. 
internal good change is uncomfortable. And you know how it happens? It happens in the courts of God. It happens when you're alone with him, when you have that moment where you're just like, God, here I am, and you're totally vulnerable and you're totally open. And there's that moment where he goes, my love, there. You see that? It's not good for you. Do you want to change it? And you notice he always asks. He doesn't just go, that I don't like, change, bam. Authentic change doesn't work like that. Authentic glory-bearing change, it's uncomfortable and you've got to work through it because if if you're bulking up, if you're doing weights or something like that, You've got to go through the motions of actually pushing through and getting the structure so you can bear the weight. If it was instant, there's no, there's no authenticity, there's no significance in the change. And so often in this time where he's going, that, do you want to change it? We'll bluster and, oh, you, you, I, no, that's, uh, what, what, that's... What is that? That's no, that's not a big deal. Look at what I'm doing over here. This is fabulous. And we divert because it's uncomfortable. We don't want to look at what we've got to change. We don't want to look at how hard it possibly is. We go, oh, that's too hard. I don't know how to, what will people think of me? But when we say yes, we go, oh, I know, God, I don't like that. Can we change it? He goes, yes, yes. Let's start. Let's do this. He doesn't just go, okay, yes, off you go. He's like, yes, let's do this. And he makes the change. He instigates the circumstances so the change can happen. He puts in place these beautiful seasons in our lives so we can change and bear his glory. I um, have been known to change my hair. Quite a bit. Sometimes Simon, I'll be like, babe, I'm going to get a haircut. And I can see it in his face. He's calculating, I don't know how to respond to this. Yes. <laughs> see, I've, I've had long hair. It's been curly. It's been straight. It's been short. It's been like ridiculously boy short. I don't know why I did that. I looked like a boy. <laughs> it was a bit of a shocker. It's been platinum blonde. It's been blue. It's been, I think, pink, pink. Orange, <laughs> that was a bit of a shocker. It's been, you know, it looks pretty good sometimes. Sometimes it looked absolutely terrible. I did my hair like black, 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 black. I looked terrible and washed out and just terribly emo. Anyway, why do I do it? Because I get bored, get a bit dissatisfied with how I look. And I think that's, that's okay. That's, that's an inconsequential thing as long as it's not like too deep, which I don't think it is, whatever. I just go, and if it's a disaster, it'll grow back. I don't really care. See, that's fine to get bored and dissatisfied when it's your hair or your outfit or a room in your house, whatever. But in some circumstances, getting bored and dissatisfied and making change in that situation can be disastrous. (laughs) Not all change is good, guys. See, consider our tree. All right, he's he's like planted, he's doing his thing, he's changing his seasons, but then he's like, I 
don't like this pot. I'm done being planted in this spot in the garden. It's boring. It's too shady or whatever, whatever. I don't like my job. I don't like this marriage. I'm, bo- I'm not bored. It's okay, babe. <laughs> Hypothetical. <laughs> He's not even listening. <laughs> You're in trouble when you get home. <laughs> get out of it. But, you know, the tree might be dissatisfied and bored with their job, their church, their people, their family, their whatever it is, their marriage. They're bored and dissatisfied. Let me show you what some people do when they're bored and dissatisfied in the circumstance that they're in. Chris is going, man, I'm glad we're not inside. (laughs) Here we go. I'll be better over here. He's not going to stand up, by the way. Caleb, you might need to hold him. Oh, no, we're good. If you see him fall, Caleb, that's your responsibility. All right, our tree, I mean, that was pretty violent, right? It's violent. It's messy. I'm just going to, you want to put some of that in there? It was violent. It was messy. It's risky. I only just bought that little sucker yesterday. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty detrimental for that tree, actually. He's not going to be happy. <laughs> um, he, he'll move over here and he'll be satisfied, won't he? Um, maybe. <laughs> will he be happy there? For how long will he be happy there? Until he gets bored and dissatisfied again. And then, what, I'll yank it out again? Then what happens? I drag it back over here. If I keep pulling this plant out, if it keeps going, oh, well, I don't like it over here either. It's too sunny. People are not looking after me enough. I don't have enough friends over here. I'm going to, be, I'm going to yank myself out of here and I'm going to put myself back over here. Or somewhere else, or somewhere else. What happens to that tree? It will possibly die. <laughs> But it's, at the very least, it will have a stunted growth. It will not bear fruit because its roots cannot go down and it cannot be established. And so God places us and plants us in situations. He plants us in in our jobs. He's planted us in our churches. He's planted us in our families He plants us in big situations and he establishes us. He has a purpose in where he places us. And yet we're so frivolous when we go, oh, I've had enough of that. I'm going to change it. We don't consider that he wants us there, that there's some purpose either for others or ourselves, of being planted and established where we are. Dissatisfaction and boredom and offence, they're not a part of the plans of the Father. Let me say that again. Dissatisfaction, boredom and offence are not a part of the plans of the Father because in His presence, there is no dissatisfaction. You cannot. I have never been dissatisfied in the presence of God because everything else falls away. When I'm in his presence, there is no dissatisfaction. In his will, there is no boredom. If you are in the very will of God, 
where he has placed you and you are obedient in that will, you will not get bored. And there is no offence in God's love. If you are living in that place where you get before God, you will not find offence or it will not stick to you. You will not be dissatisfied and you will not be bored and you will not make change that is disastrous and flippant. And so instead of tearing out our roots out of the ground, we need to go to the courts of the king and seek his face. If you are feeling this way, this, if you are feeling bored, you're feeling dissatisfied, you're feeling like something's not right, don't point to somebody else and go, you need to change this, you need to change that, you need to change yourself. You go to the courts of the king and you say, I feel this way. What do I do? I feel dissatisfied. I need your presence. I feel offense. I need your love, Heavenly Father. I feel bored where I am, God. What is your will for me? He's not silent in those times. You just need to bend your ear to what he's telling you. So change is good and change is bad and change is necessary and change is inevitable. You just got to know which bits are good, which bits are not so good. See, Ecclesiastes says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. You may sometimes need to change something significant. That's, that's okay. That's normal. That's life. But you don't do it out of boredom or dissatisfaction or, or offence. You check. Why are you changing this? Why? Why are you changing the place where God has established you? Is he establishing you somewhere else? That's fine. That's fine. But you make sure, you make sure that your intentions, the reasons why you search after change is right. Otherwise, you are chasing after the wind. John Maxwell also has this cool quote. Thanks, Pastor Chris. He sent this to me. It says, don't just change enough to get away from your problems. Change enough to solve them. Don't just change your circumstances to improve your life. Change yourself to improve your circumstances. And don't do the same old things expecting different results. Get different results by doing something new. Don't see change as something hard that must be done. See it as something helpful that can be done. Don't avoid paying the immediate price tag of change. If you do, you'll pay the ultimate price of never improving. Imagine going through life and never improving, never growing, never letting God change you in those significant times in your lives. You wouldn't bear the weight of glory. That's the ultimate thing. People can exist like that. You can go through life and not change in a godly way, one little bit. You can do it. But the consequence of that is that you will not bear the weight of glory. You will not be changed into the image of Jesus. And so the only way to have um, good, growth-causing, fruit-bearing change, godly, 
glory bearing likeness of Jesus change is to continually and intentionally and fervently be running to the courts of the king. (laughs) That's all I can tell you guys today. That's it. If the only thing you get out of today's message is in every season, in every circumstance, in every dissatisfaction, just run to his courts, stand nose to nose and heart to heart with our heavenly father. He's not, he's not like up there. He's as close as you want him to be. Like here and look in his face. That's where change happens. That's where if we listen and we're obedient and vulnerable, don't just go to the, the courts of the king and just lay out this list of, I've got all this stuff, I've got all this whatevers, and then amen, get on to your work, get on to your day. That's, that's not, that's not going to cause any kind of change. And in fact, it's not any real relationship. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to wait. You've got to listen. So that's where the true and worthy change occurs. That's the one that bears the weight of glory. That's what I want. I want to be able to bear the weight of glory. I, re- I read that phrase over and over again. What is that? Just to be like Jesus, just to bear the weight of glory. I want to change so I can bear more of his glory so other people can see who he is. So I challenge you today, church, consider what I've said. And at the end of the day, just make sure you change with your seasons. Get into the courts of the king. Be obedient. Listen to what he says. Make the uncomfortable change so you can bear the weight of glory, the weight of his glory. Because he has such good things for you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.